your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 626 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, we continue with our off-season series. We are going to point the unrestricted free agent spotlight at Andrew Kopp. This is part of our ongoing offseason series where we basically just take a look at every single New York Ranger free agent. First, the unrestricted free agents, then the restricted free agents. And like I said, today it's going to be Andrew Kopp. And if you'd like to hear our thoughts on Ryan Strom and his impending unrestricted free agency and what the Rangers could and should and ultimately will look to do with Stromer, then you can go back to episode number 623. That's exactly three episodes before this one. We talk in quite a bit of depth about Ryan Stroman once again, his impending unrestricted free agency. And today, part two of our series here, we move on to Andrew Kopp. And uh, like I said, as the offseason progresses here, we will eventually get to every single New York Ranger free agent. But without any further ado, let's talk about Andrew Kopp here and you know, just kind of see if there's any kind of a fit for the Rangers going forward, if they would consider bringing him back, if he's within the price range, if the Rangers can figure out a way to work him in under the salary cap, all that good stuff. Uh, first of all, let's just take it from the top, the rundown. You guys kind of know the drill by now. Uh, Cop, you know, obviously came over to the Rangers on trade deadline day this season, I believe with less than an hour to go before the deadline. He mostly played right wing for the Rangers as part of the Artemi Panarin line, the second line, he was out there with Panarin and Strom predominantly. But Cop, you know, even though he spent most of his time as a right winger with the Rangers, one of the nice things about him and one of the reasons maybe why the Rangers were interested in acquiring him is indeed his versatility. He can also play center or left wing just as easily, a true Swiss Army knife if ever there was one. And, uh, you know, there were actually some times in the playoffs where the Rangers, you know, if they were in a spot where they really needed a faceoff win, they would often put Andrew Kopp on the dot as opposed to Ryan Strom for the very simple reason that Kopp's just a little bit better at faceoffs than Strom is. And, you know, the Rangers took advantage of that skill by often having him uh, take draws, you know, both down the stretch in the regular season and then certainly in the playoffs as well. But it's interesting. You know, the Rangers acquire Cop on deadline day. The two big names that I was seeing, and I'm sure a lot of you guys are probably seeing as well as far as, you know, who the Rangers might look to pick up before the deadline, you know, came and went. The two big names were Andrew Cop and Ricard Raquel. Cop was my preference between the two, and I'm not going to sit here and act like I, you know, broke down hours upon hours upon hours of film and watched both these players on their respective previous teams, you know, Cop with the Jets and Raquel with the Ducks, but just based on everything I knew about both players and, you know, the the little bit that I've gotten to see them play, you know, Cop was the guy. Cop was the guy that I was really hoping the Rangers would pick up. Now, obviously, the Rangers... Uh, it did not come cheaply for them. They had to give up in the trade to Winnipeg, Morgan Barron, a pair of conditional second round picks in 2022 and a fifth round pick in 2023. And then along with Andrew Kopp, the Rangers also received a sixth round pick in 2023. And of course, since the Rangers made it to the Eastern Conference Final and because Kopp played in more than 50% of the Ranger playoff games, I mean, he played in all the, the Ranger playoff games, uh, but based on those two uh, conditions, 
the Rangers' second-round pick, the one of them, uh, now becomes a first-round pick to Winnipeg, which is kind of a bummer, but I got to be honest, guys, it doesn't really bother me that much because, yeah, you know, the Rangers, they did pay a high price for Andrew Kopp, but I also think it was kind of the going rate of a player of his caliber. And on top of that, look how far the Rangers went. Look how much fun we got to have watching this team in the playoffs. Yes, it's unfortunate that, you know, they got to the round where that second round pick becomes a first round pick and they weren't then able to complete the run to the Stanley Cup. But I don't care. This was just too much fun. And it is what it is. The Rangers have a lot of great players. It'd be nice to have a first round pick this year, but they don't and they should be able to get by without it. They have a a really good roster and uh, some prospects that they're high on as well. So we'll see how that all pans out. And obviously we'll talk about the draft in due time on here as well. We'll save that for a future episode. But as far as Andrew Kopp and looking at the price tag and uh, all the different contracts that he signed throughout his NHL career here and trying to project what he might end up making, whether he gets a new deal from the Rangers or a new deal from somebody else. Of course, he is an unrestricted free agent, so he'll be able to talk to everybody as soon as unrestricted free agency begins. But Cop is coming off of a one-year, $3.64 million deal. He signed that contract with the Jets to stay with them heading into this past season. And he had actually signed a bunch of really short deals with the Jets. His ELC paid him an average annual value of 925k over three years. Then he had a two-year deal that paid him $1 million per season. Then he had a two-year deal that paid him $2.28 million per season. And then finally, this past year, a one-year deal that paid him $3.64 million uh, well, per season or just really the one year. Um, so you can see the pattern here. Not naturally, he's gotten a little bit more of with every single contract that he has signed. Uh, but you know, I, I think he's he's got that in common with Ryan Strom. You know, Strom joked about that on Exit Interview Day, where you know the longest contract that he's ever had in the NHL was actually his ELC. Ditto for Andrew Kopp, and I would imagine both of those gentlemen looking to you know at least beat that, at least get like a four-year deal if you're Kopp or Strom. And with Kopp, you know, I would imagine he's looking to get you know, at least a four-year deal, and there's a decent chance that he will get that, whether it's from the Rangers or from somebody else. He's played well enough, and he's still young enough, uh, still just 27 years old, is Andrew Kopp, that I think somebody probably will go to four years for him, whether that's the Rangers or, once again, uh, some other team from around this league. As far as what it might take to keep Andrew Kopp in the fold next season if the Rangers are looking to go down that road, it's not going to be easy. I think he'll come a little bit cheaper than Ryan Strom will, but according to our friend Harrison from Locked on Winnipeg Jets, you know, we had him on when the trade was struck and just kind of talked about Andrew Kopp and some other things as well. But Harrison mentioned during that crossover episode that uh, Kopp was offered an extension by the Winnipeg Jets that is believed to be in the neighborhood of four years at $5 million per season. So he said no to that, thinks he can obviously do a little bit better. Uh, Maybe he just was looking for a change of scenery, wanted to go somewhere other than Winnipeg. That's at least possible, but I think just as likely, if not more so, is the fact that he thinks he can do better than four years at $5 million a pop. So we'll see if the Rangers can come up with an offer like that, If, if they go a little bit past that, maybe if you throw in another year for Andrew Kopp, you can get away with paying him a little bit less per season. You know, maybe his annual average value asking price will come down at least a little bit if you give him an extra year. There's a lot of different ways this could shake out. Uh, As far as, we will get to that, by the way, but as far as his stats are concerned, you know, Kopp, for this past season, his totals between both the Jets and the Rangers, he put up 21 goals and 32 assists in 72 games. So that's 53 points in 72 games. That was a new career high. He was also a plus 15 
had 10 power play points, 183 shots on goal, had a shooting percentage of 11%, averaged 19 minutes and 10 seconds of ice time per night, 45 hits, and 42 block shots, and a 53% success rate on the face-off circle. We've talked on here about how badly the Rangers have struggled in the face-off circle over the years. It was nice to have somebody come over that's at least better than 50-50, as Andrew Kopp was. And as far as, you know, kind of splitting the season and looking at what he did with the Rangers, 16 of those regular season games came with the Rangers. He had eight goals and 10 assists in those games. So beyond the stats and everything, you know, Cop was brought into the Rangers to give them more depth just in general and also certainly some more scoring depth as well. I think the fact that he could play all three forward positions certainly made him an attractive trade target to the New York Rangers. You know, he can move from one of those positions to the other pretty seamlessly. And it was certainly an added bonus to have somebody that has that kind of position versatility and gives you that much flexibility. There were also times, I, I got to point this out as well, you know, Cop, like a lot of players in the Rangers, scuffled in the Tampa series. You know, goals were just hard to come by. Scoring opportunities were hard to come by. The Rangers certainly looked gassed at different parts of the Eastern Conference final, but uh, there were times in the playoff run there where Andrew Cop was the absolute best player on the Artemi Panarin line. You know, Panarin and Strom, didn't give you as much as you would expect or as much as you would hope for. We've kind of been over that a couple of times. You know, both of them had their moments here and there. But I think from what you would expect Strom and Panarin to do compared to what they actually did, you're probably left a little bit disappointed. But Andrew Kopp really picked up the slack uh, in the first two rounds of the playoffs specifically. In those two rounds combined, Kopp had six goals and six assists. You compare that to Artemi Panarin. He had four goals and seven assists. So Panarin had one less point than Cop, and I think Cop, you know, again, was a little bit more consistent game to game. And keep in mind, you know, Cop is kind of the defense first forward here, and Panarin is the superstar, and Cop was actually one point ahead of the breadman. And then Ryan Strom in the first two rounds combined, two goals and seven assists. So Andrew Cop, like I said, the most consistent member of that Rangers second line. Everybody on the team, like I said, uh, scuffled a little bit in the Eastern Conference Final, but for the first two rounds, you know, Cop really uh, stood out head and shoulders above his line mates in, uh, you know, those first 14 games, the first two rounds of the playoffs there against Pittsburgh and against Carolina. Uh, we're going to continue talking about Andrew Cop in just a second. We're going to talk about some things working against him coming back to the New York Rangers, and we're also going to talk about some reasons why maybe the Rangers would actually look to do a deal with him, look to bring him back. Uh, it seems like something of a long shot just because I don't know that they're going to be able to afford him. But like I said, we're going to discuss all that in just a second and just kind of, uh, you know, weigh all the pros and cons and see how likely it is uh, that Andrew Kopp is still wearing Ranger blue next season. But first, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so like I said, we'll go ahead and look at some of the factors working against Andrew Kopp and some of the reasons why uh, the Rangers might not be able to bring him back 
for this upcoming season and beyond. And we'll also eventually take a look at some of the reasons why, you know, if you're a big Andrew Kopp fan and you think, oh man, you know, the Rangers, they got to hang on to this guy. Uh, I wouldn't quite abandon hope yet. I mean, it's not going to be an easy thing to do, but uh, certainly it's possible. It's something that's on the table. But like I said, let's start with a couple of things working against him. And one thing working against Kopp, as it's working against basically every single New York Ranger unrestricted free agent that they have right now is the salary cap situation. We will have an episode in the future where that's going to be pretty much the whole episode. We're going to dive into, you know, all the player contracts and the salary cap and how much money is left and how can the Rangers look to fill out this roster without going over the salary cap. We'll, we'll dive into that in great detail. For right now, I'll just say it's tight. And like we talked about with Ryan Strom, it might be a situation where the Rangers simply cannot afford to keep Andrew Kopp, especially at the price that he will likely command. Uh, to just kind of take a quick look at the cap, you've got an $82.5 million salary cap this season, and the Raiders have six players that are taking up more than 60% of the Ranger cap space. And given uh, the caliber of player that these guys are, I don't think it's unwarranted or anything like that, but it has to be pointed out. It's Kreider, Mika, Panarin, Fox, Truba, and Igor. Those six players, like I said, they take up more than 60% of the Ranger cap space. And so you have to get creative and get crafty and play a little money ball or a little money puck when it comes to filling out the rest of your roster. And I'm just not so sure that, you know, given the amount of money left, that Andrew Kopp is going to be affordable for this New York Ranger team. There's certain things you can do. You can clear up some cap space if you trade Patrick Nemeth and his $2.5 million cap hit. But as we talked about in our most recent episode, the Nemeth episode, he would have to be replaced by somebody. You know, somebody would have to play defenseman for the Rangers. And so, you know, if you go with one of the kids, they are going to be making 925K if it's somebody like Zach Jones. And so 2.5 million minus 925K, you're left with uh, a saving of only about 1.6 million. Maybe that would be enough to squeeze Andrew Kopp in under the salary cap. Uh, it's at least possible, but it's also possible, once again, that the Rangers think that Strom and Kopp are both just out of their price range, and so maybe instead of going after one of them, they look to possibly bring back somebody like Vetrano or Mott instead. Uh, Mott would certainly be significantly less than Strom or Kopp, and I think Vetrano would probably be a little bit less than uh, either of those players as well, so it's possible that uh, one of those two would be retained instead. There's also the whole Strom versus Cop dynamic. It would be, first of all, completely impossible for the Rangers to bring both of them back. So let's all, if anybody's holding out hope for that, let's just drop that idea right here, right now. That is not going to happen unless both of them take just an insane hometown discount. That's the only way, which is probably about one in a million, that they would both just take massive hometown discounts. Even bringing one of the two back, though, is going to be difficult. And I think most Ranger fans probably the Ranger front office, and even yours truly, would probably favor Cop over Strom at this point. And that becomes even more true when you consider that Strom will probably get a bit of a better contract on the open market, maybe an extra year, maybe a couple extra million per season, you know, a million, million and a half more per season. Hard to say for sure. It could end up being pretty close between those two as far as the kind of contracts that they get. But, you know, Players do tend to get paid on points, and if you're someone who plays in the top six, as both these guys have done in recent seasons, then GMs are going to be looking at point production, and Cop doesn't really have that. You know, if you look at his career totals in the regular season, 483 games, 82 goals, 120 assists. So Cop for his career, 202 points in 483 games, less than a half point per game, and that's a little bit light 
when it comes to your second-line center, which if Andrew Kopp was back next season, you would have to assume that he would be. I mean, I, I suppose they could go with Hedl on the second line and maybe Kopp centers the third line, but that's a little bit late on points. And I, I know points aren't everything, and Kopp is you know good defensive player, good defensive forward, kills penalties, uh, very, very versatile, as we mentioned. He brings more to the table than just points. But again, if you're not even a half-point-per-game player, I mean, can you really, if you're the Rangers, can you really pay somebody like that I don't know, $6 million a season, $5.5 million a season. That just seems a little bit steep for Andrew Cobb. And it's possible, you know, again, I think it's a long shot that Ryan Strom is back, but I want to at least acknowledge the possibility that maybe the Rangers would just favor somebody that they're more familiar with over Andrew Cobb. You know, Ryan Strom has been here three and a half years, has impeccable chemistry with Artemi Panarin. Andrew Cobb has been here for half a year. So there's that slightly working against Cop as well. I don't think that would, you know, necessarily stop the Rangers from signing Cop over Strom, but it's something that I think should at least be pointed out uh, for sure. And something else that I think definitely works against Andrew Cop and his prospects of potentially resetting with the New York Rangers. Look, the Rangers, it's, it's not just this season when it comes to managing the salary cap. You have to be looking a little bit into the future as well. And the Rangers eventually, as we've talked about on here, they will need that money for younger players and higher upside players than Andrew Kopp. Guys like Alexi Lafreniere, guys like Capo Caco, assuming he's still, you know, seen by the Rangers as a building block and someone that's going to turn out to be a, a big-time player in this league. We'll see what happens with Capo Caco. That could go one of a bunch of different ways this offseason as well. Uh, certainly somebody like Philip Heedle, you know, he had a big-time playoff run for himself. Is he going to stick around long-term? Will the Rangers eventually commit to him with, you know, a solid extension? I mean, he's only going to be a restricted free agent after this season, so they've got some time with Heedle to continue to evaluate him. But he's another player that's very, very young, younger than Cobb, and potentially has more upside. And Ke'Andre Miller, you know, Miller is somebody that, uh, I would love to see the Rangers eventually be able to strike a long-term deal with, and I think the Rangers are probably better off getting ahead of that than letting it go for too much longer because uh, Keandre Miller is just going to keep getting better and better and better, and the longer you wait, the more costly that that's going to end up being. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Miller. Hopefully the Rangers can afford Miller, but you know all those players I just mentioned, as much as I like Andrew Kopp, I don't know that I can justify losing a Keandre Miller in a few years because we're paying $5 million a year or more to Andrew Kopp. And I say this as a big Kopp fan, love the way that he came over and just fit in with this team. Uh, you know, from the human side of things, you look past the business side of thing and all the numbers and the X's and the O's and all that stuff. Uh, Andrew Kopp did a great job with the Rangers this season. Fit like a glove after he was acquired by Chris Jury. And that's going to lead me in pretty nicely uh, to the next thing that I want to talk about, which is some of the reasons why it's at least possible that Andrew Kopp could be back with the New York Rangers next season. And we will cover all of that in just a second. Okay, reasons why Andrew Kopp could potentially be back with the New York Rangers on a new contract for this upcoming season. I think you got to look at the human side of things. You know, it's very, very easy to get caught up in, you know, years and dollars and this and that, and no trade clauses and no move clauses and one-way contracts and, and all this stuff. Um, but th this game does have a pulse, and, and these guys are not robots. Andrew Kopp seemed to genuinely enjoy his time as a member of the New York Rangers. You could tell just by watching him. You know, he, he seemed to really get along with his teammates. It seemed like uh, they really welcomed him with open arms. And when the season was over during his exit interview, he mentioned that he would like to stay with the New York Rangers. He wasn't, like, completely over the top with it and, you know, basically uh, uh, begging to stay or anything like that. I think uh, 
maybe Vetrano and maybe Strom also more so than anybody. You could tell they really, really wanted to stay, but I would say Cop as well. It seemed pretty obvious that he's certainly open to it, and if the Rangers make a competitive offer, he'll certainly think about it, maybe put pen to paper and stick with the blue shirts. And something else that kind of works in Cop's favor as far as uh, him maybe deciding to stick with the Rangers and maybe even take a little bit less from the Rangers than he could get uh, from some other team around the league. Him and Jacob Truba are really, really good friends and have been for a long time. Uh, seemed like they really enjoyed the opportunity to get to be teammates again and you know obviously go on this awesome run for the Rangers in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's the kind of stuff you grow up dreaming about and they got to do it. You know, these guys knew each other from the time that they were kids, that's my understanding. Now, obviously, the Rangers didn't end up winning the Cup, but they made a heck of a run there together. And I don't know how much Cop would be talked into staying in New York just because his buddy Jacob Truba is here, but that certainly can't hurt either. And Jacob Truba, during his exit interview, said, yeah, you know, I'm going to talk to them. He was talking about Vetrano and Cop. He's going to do what he can to try to talk these guys into staying. Uh, we'll see. Uh, again, I don't know how much that would cause either Cop or, or even Vetrano to stick around, but that's something that can only work in the Rangers' favor if they would really like to sign Andrew Cop and convince him to maybe once again take a little bit less money from them than he might be able to get somewhere else. A, a little bit of a hometown discount is one thing. I don't expect Andrew Cop to take like a million a season less from the Rangers than somebody else, but you know, 100k less from the Rangers, 200k less from the Rangers than somebody else. I mean, easy for me to say. It's not me sending the contract, but I think maybe something like that is at least on the table for Andrew Kopp if he enjoyed playing on the Rangers as much as it certainly seemed like he did. Um, but I will say the same thing about Andrew Kopp that I said about Ryan Strom. I do not begrudge either of these guys or any other unrestricted free agent on the Rangers or any other team if one of them gets a better offer from some other team and decides to take it. This is a business. We hear that a million times. Has to work two ways. And obviously these players, you know, they want to uh, be able to cash in sooner or later. And Cop and Strom have been taking, you know, these bridge deals. They're, they're paid very well. Don't get me wrong. You know, making seven figures a year to play the game that you love, that, that's not a bad way to make a living. But uh, I'm sure both these guys would like to cash in at some point as well with a longer contract. But, you know, again, if we take our attention away from the business side of things, and we look at the human side a little bit, like I said, Cop looked like he was having the time of his life with this Ranger team, and why not? You know, we already mentioned that he got to play with Jacob Truo, one of his best friends. He also got to play on a line with Artemi Panarin. That's a lot of fun, I'm sure. Uh, he seemed to be, again, welcomed with open arms by his new teammates when he came over, and he just fit right in from a personality standpoint. Uh, you would have thought he'd been playing with this team for, you know, half a decade at least. Uh, and I feel like the Rangers are kind of the place to be right now. You know, money talks, money will always talk, but I do feel like a lot of these impending UFAs from the Rangers, if they got, you know, a, a deal where they could pick any of the 32 teams to play on and they knew it would be the exact same contract from all 32 of those teams, I think a lot of them, uh, Cop maybe included, would choose to stick around with the New York Rangers. It's a young team. It's a rising team. People seem to like playing for Gerard Gallant. And if you're Andrew Cop. Once again, you have a chance to play on the same line as as Artemi Panarin. That's probably where he would uh, at least start next season if he was back next year. Something else that Andrew Kopp, I think, has working in his favor at least a little bit is the Rangers gave up a lot to get Andrew Kopp. We mentioned this earlier in the episode. And again, I do not begrudge the Rangers or question them for doing it. They were trying to put together a team that could compete for, maybe even win a Stanley Cup, and they got pretty close to doing that. And again, I give the Rangers props for going for it this year without completely mortgaging their future. However, after 
the Rangers give up two second rounders. And again, those two second rounders that eventually became a first rounder and a second rounder because of, you know, the Rangers making it to the Eastern Conference Final. They gave up those two high draft picks. They also gave up Morgan Barron. Would the Raiders then want to sort of justify that action, that trade, by keeping Andrew Kopp in the fold going forward? And again, I don't question the Rangers for making this trade, but now that the Rangers made that deal and they gave up these high draft picks, maybe they do feel a need to just sort of justify the trade by keeping Andrew Kopp around for longer than just half a season. Now, of course, you can't go crazy with it if you're the Rangers. You can't be giving Andrew Kopp $7 million a season to once again just justify uh, you know, the move that you made at the trade deadline this season. But if there's a chance to bring Andrew Kopp back at a reasonable price, then maybe the Rangers jump at it. It's at least possible. It's not going to be easy. And a new deal that the Rangers strike with Kopp is probably going to put them right up against the cap. That's even if you trade Nemeth and shed his salary. And again, we'll break down the cap in greater detail in a future episode. It's going to be really, really tough. But again, I think the price that the Rangers paid to acquire Andrew Kopp, they had to have at least been thinking about at least a, a slight possibility that they would look to try to re-sign him long-term after bringing him over initially as a rental. On top of that, we mentioned Andrew Kopp's versatility. We already talked about how he can play all three of the forward positions. He's also a big part of the Ranger penalty kill. It was not uncommon for him to lead Ranger forwards in shorthanded time on the ice, and he did a heck of a job with the Ranger penalty kill unit. Uh, something else that I think we can throw out there, Chris Jury clearly values centers. You know, Jury... It's interesting because before him, you know, any time that Jeff Gordon or even John Davidson had to meet with the media, they tended to be pretty open and honest. You know, they were open and honest about the rebuild, and I thought that kind of honesty was refreshing. I think Jury is uh, kind of different in that way. He tends to play things pretty close to the vest, uh, gives a lot of very generic GM talk, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, he doesn't probably see a need for himself to kind of tip his hand about what he's thinking or what the Rangers might look to do, but one thing that he has not been shy about saying, he has expressed multiple times that he believes that teams need big-time centers. And centers are always in demand around this league. It's hard to get your hands on some good ones. Obviously, the Rangers have Mika Zibanejad, and that's awesome. Uh, but between Strom and Kopp, you know, if neither of those guys is back next season, then, you know, you've got Filipino that could center the second line. You hope that he's ready to make that jump. Uh, you've got Barkley Goodrow that I guess could center the third line. If Jury values centers as much as it seems like he does, then maybe he uh, makes a couple of deals and opens up some cap space and makes it possible for the Rangers to bring back Andrew Kopp once again at a reasonable price due to, once again, jury's belief that you got to have good centers in this league. And he's not wrong about that. That is for sure. I figure we can pretty much call it there for today. I think basically the long and short of this is that the Rangers at the right price, I'm sure, would like to have Andrew Kopp in the fold, but it's just going to be tough to afford him uh, given you know how tight they are against the salary cap right now, and given some of the young players on this team, they're going to need to get paid somewhere down the line. Andrew Kopp just might be out of the Ranger price range. I would say that he probably has a better chance of being back next season than Ryan Strom does, and obviously there's no way you can keep both of those players. So we'll just wait and see how this shakes out. I would love to see Kopp back with the Rangers. Really liked him, really liked what he brought to the table, but you can't go completely overboard with it and uh, you know overpay. So we'll see. If you're Andrew Kopp and you're going to sign with the highest bidder, all it takes for the Rangers to lose Kopp at that point is for one of the other 31 teams to offer him a little bit more than the Rangers are willing to offer him, which seems possible, if not probable. And 
Again, this might come down to Cop being willing to take a little bit of a discount. If he is, maybe he stays. If he's not, he's probably gone. So we'll see how this whole thing shakes out. Like I said, would love to see Cop back, but only at the right price. You can't go nuts with it and end up losing players like Keandre Miller and uh, you know Alexi Lafreniere somewhere down the league. I don't think you want that to happen either. So Rangers have to be careful with this, but it's an option that is certainly on the table bringing back Andrew Cop, even if the odds might be slightly against it at this point. We'll see what happens. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to have part two of our countdown of the top 10 best Ranger wins of the season. Do not miss that one. A lot of playoff action coming at you guys in part two here. Definitely looking forward to that. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.